Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Strickland's Mail Patreon Mailbag episode. I'm Drew, and just to let everyone know right off the bat that I don't have a co-host tonight on this one, so this is going to be a very bizarre experience for me as I'm effectively just sitting in my apartment by myself, speaking to no one, and I'm going to read aloud questions and answer them to no one other than just looking at my computer screen and my cat that's sleeping on a chair. So this, so I hope you can just bear with me for, and just go along with this wild ride that I'm about to do for myself with this one. And for folks listening out there who aren't a part of the Discord, in order to do that, you have to go to our, join our Patreon. We have different tiers, $3, $6, $9 per month, uh, different tiers. And you get all different types of experience, you know, pluses for them, such as listening to the full episode of whatever this is going to end up becoming. So that would be a perk that you can get at the $6 a month uh, Strickland uh, Patreon. You get us into the Discord for you can actually ask questions that usually someone else with along with me would be answering. And we're just going to dive into it there. So just if you want to get actually before we do the before we get into the questions for the Patreon, if you want to go to the strict.land, click the link to get to our Patreon page and subscribe. Um, helps us out, keeps the light on, all that good stuff. So we're just gonna get right into the questions that are asked. And the first one, first two are actually from Villanex and Zan Rosen. They asked the same thing. What did I have for dinner? Um, I had steak, potatoes, and a salad. Nothing. Nothing crazy, nothing crazy about that. So, um, yeah, next question is from Young Pavardi. If the team has to make moves with young players for picks because they can't get off some bad vet money, are we sure keeping RJ over trading either IQ, OB, Grimes before they get paid real money is the correct eval? So, Young Pavardi brings up a pretty interesting point here is... If there is a chance that some of the Knicks young players are not going to stick around long term, just due to like you know, IQ and OB going to be restricted free agents, not this off season, but the next off season, Grimes is going to get paid this uh, season after that. They're going to have to make some decisions on the salaries, and if they can't trade Fournier, if they can't trade Rose, you know, like some of these guys are going to have to get off the uh, the team, and and it's a big question, like, is 
RJ the guy that you should keep? It's ultimately like who among these young guys should the Knicks really consider keeping? And I don't know at the moment if it's actually the correct eval. I mean, I know why the Knicks did it. It's ultimately you have the wing player who's like 6'6", 6'7", big, finishes at the rim. He has all the volume shots in the correct shot profile. So the bet is if he finishes with more efficiency, like that's the type of archetype wing you could win around. That's effectively the RJ argument. It's four years going and he's been very inconsistent with making shots. So it's like if he's going to be this inconsistent or just never reach consistent efficiency, he may not be the right guy to keep around and probably, I guess, IQ would be someone you would have to uh, consider for a for that for that as quickly probably is the best prospect of them it's it's going to be an interesting decision to see where this team ends up around like the trade deadline and then the offseason just to see where the nba season shapes up because i there's probably gonna be another couple moves coming sooner rather than later all right next question is from gbait he asks what's the best show of you watched this past year reservation dogs Without question, that's the show. I'm watching on Hulu. If you have cable, it's on FX. Um, so wherever you can find it, I would definitely check out. There's two seasons, and it's great. So VillainXN asked, did you find the question? And the question he is referring to is a question from Hug Life. And he asked, has Fred Katz figured out what the plan was on the Brunson signing yet? Does he need more context clues? So... I'm assuming this is a reference to Fred Katz, who's a writer for The Athletic, said something, had an article probably about what the plan was for uh, signing Brunson. It's probably something, the idea of like is some ambiguous thing, like is Brunson actually good enough? Um, yeah, I think we can kind of judge now we're almost at a quarter of the way through the season that uh, there is a plan for Brunson. He's, he's very, very good, and he's definitely better than... I think some people expected. So, uh, I mean, you don't, it's, it's kind of straightforward, like why the Knicks signed Brunson, even if you were like high on, you know, the theory of like quickly being the future point guard or something along those lines, I could see it where you'd be like, oh man, did we really have to pay Jalen Brunson that much money? But he, he, he has the goods. So it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's the man. So our beloved Jerry Garcia asks, how much do you love watching Jalen Brunson play basketball? Please be uncomfortably specific. Answers like a lot will not accept. I like watching Jalen Brunson play basketball a lot. Our next question comes from Zebo187. Does Sims deserve minutes over either of the other two centers? So, I do think Sims has been pretty impressive so far in his limited minutes and you can kind of see the uh the framework of him being like a rotation big man i, I don't know if it's going to be a starter but definitely he could be like a backup big so then it becomes a big question like you're picking between mitch and hartenstein and there is some redundancies with mitch mitch is getting paid more he hasn't really developed much on offense. He's definitely a very, very good de defensive center, but I, I do think Sims should be getting some minutes, and it does make Robinson expendable. So 
I would consider maybe trying to see if he can move at the trade deadline or this uh this off season because you don't really need a uh if you don't have like Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, um like those guys at center, like do you really need an expensive center? Like making like a, like the money Mitch is making, like you really don't need that. Like you do really don't need like I get like you don't need a Miles Turner. You can just probably just get by with Hartenstein and Sims and just have versatility at the center spot, and you'll probably it's better off allocating your money that way, and then spending it in other places in the NBA. That's that's what I would uh yeah that's where I'm at with it. So our next question comes from uh, Bomber BCM. Is this the most frustrated the fan base has been by an entirely mediocre Knicks team? It's definitely up there. You can definitely see tons of um, debate and almost a polarization of Knicks internet fans specifically. And like you see like on Twitter, uh, Reddit, I don't really know what it is like on like Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. But you definitely see in these places where there's very polarizing thoughts on very specific players and then you have that plus you had the frustration with Tom Thibodeau's coaching the the front office kind of being in like a, a spot where like they haven't picked what path they want to go yet so like all of these just kind of concoct this great frustration so I, I could see it I it, it makes sense um I don't know if it's the most but because I don't know if it's recency bias for me right now, but it's 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 pretty close. It's definitely uh, up there. So the professor then asks, is there a comp in Nick's or recent NBA history for R.J. Barrett's career so far as a top three pick? Um, that's a good pr- question, professor. I was definitely going through the draft um, for at least like the past like ten years or so until like 2010, and <sighs> R.J. Barrett's in an interesting spot because he's not. Like, there's some, like, top three picks. Like, there's a lot of great players. I was specifically looking at, like, the third pick of, you know, each third pick for the past 10 years or so. You'll have, like, some good players, like, role players like Derek Favors, who's had himself an NBA career. Then you have Otto Porter, same thing. But then you get, like, Ennis Freedom and uh, uh, Jaleel Okafor. And our day's already better than that. But then you have, like, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, and, like, uh, Jason Tatum and, like, so many other top picks. Um, I don't, I, I mean, RJ definitely has the, uh, potential. Like I see, like I, I kind of mentioned before, I see the potential in RJ. He, he should, like, if he had a career like Otto Porter, I, I guess that wouldn't be bad. I don't know. I, I, I see, I, I don't even also have anyone to like counteract me when I say these things where I don't even know. So, yeah, sorry, Professor. I wish I had a better answer for you. Even though I was looking at the picks, I I couldn't really do anything. So uh, our next question is from Ronnie from Hell's Kitchen. He asks, what are Tom Thibodeau's Thanksgiving plans? Uh, since Tibbs is married to the game, he's going to just probably have whatever food that MSG is going to provide um, people working there on Thanksgiving. Like, it's, it's probably going to do, be something like that. But, no, no, he, I don't know if he would be at MSG. He may be at the practice facility up in Westchester. That should be closed. Uh, Tibbs is probably just going to be by himself eating, like, a hungry man dinner on Thanksgiving. It'll be, like, the thank, the hungry man's Thanksgiving microwavable dinner. So, Jax, 
365 uh, Pablo Escobar Hippos asks, so lads, who do you think will win the World Cup? Um, I don't follow soccer. I don't even know who's good. Germany. Fazil asks us, which player's stock are you buying and which are you selling after this road trip? I would definitely be buying Quickly and Grimes. Still good on Obi, like, there. If there's someone to sell RJ, but he had a really good game against OKC that he really needed to do, so it's nice to see him bounce back. I could definitely see people still selling RJ stock. I wouldn't. I would definitely just keep buying Quickly and Grimes stock. They just, they make the team so, like, electric on defense. It's really great to watch. Franklin Chubb asks, what would some li- what would be some lineups you'd most like to see the next, next head coach experiment with? I would have to not only wait for a new head coach experience, I would also wish some guys would be also, like, off the team in a way as well. Like, I, even though I know it's not going to happen with, like, Randall's not going to be traded or Mitch isn't going to be traded, those sort of things. I would just like to see more of, I think, no, maybe not even more of, I think a really fun lineup could be, in theory, with a new coach and everyone engaged on defense. It would be quickly Cam, RJ, Obi, and Randall. Like, that would be really interesting offense and defense, Um, you know, uh, fast-paced offense, really switchable, movable defense. That would be that would be pretty interesting to uh to see, I guess. Like there's a number of them. I would like to see Quickly and Brunson and Grimes and Cam. Like I would like to see Cam with some of these lineups specifically on defense if Grimes is going to if Grimes is back to playing defense like he did for the past two games coming off his injury. It would be really fun to see Reddish out there rotating and everything. That would be a fun defense, I think, to watch. So definitely want to see those three guys at some point. So our next question is from Obi Frazier. Um, he asks, given Tibbs doesn't adjust for his talent and, ha- and has had legit stars on his past team while underperforming in the playoffs, would getting a star matter with Tibbs coaching? How many top 25 players would align Tibbs' system and schemes in the modern NBA? Honestly, who? It is an interesting point because you do see an argument sometimes on the internet that how Tibbs plays offense works when you have legitimate stars. And true, but that pretty much means like he's very replaceable because every single offense that a team runs with stars is more than likely going to work. So, like, that doesn't, like, I never really understood that concept. So, like, it doesn't make sense. So, you're ultimately asking for just a guy who's fine doing his weird accountability systems. And then you have the defense where there's a lot of, like, extra help packing the paint on drives that's leaving, you know, like, given, basically gives the team three point shots. And that's why the dinks are always giving open up shots because you need to really hustle back to block the guy, like to really like contest the shot. You really gotta like jump in and out for tips. So it'd be someone like that, like someone who's really willing to embrace that type of defense. Uh, I I don't even know 
honestly, like, I, I don't know. I don't think it would work. I don't. I, I just don't see Tibbs as a long-term future. He he should be gone. He should have been fired already. But that's not going to be the case right now. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't think it works. So our next two questions are going to come from Villain X, and Villain X asks. With Tibbs coaching, are the Knicks the easiest team to prep for? Rotations, action subs, etc. Who are other candidates? I wish I was paying attention to other teams' rotations and coaching a lot more when I'm watching the Knicks because I'm really focused on the Knicks and making sure, like, being prepared for, like, the podcast, writing stuff for the website and whatnot. So, I can't really judge anyone, but Tibbs does have, like, you know specifically at the five-minute mark, Rose and Quickly are coming in. With injuries, this is obviously changing, but you specifically know, like, these specific points. This is when Tibbs takes players in, takes them out. They don't really run too many things on offense. It's kind of the same action, you know, swing, you know, getting the ball on one side and counter it back to the other, kind of like switching sides. Like, they don't really do anything crazy. Knicks bigs don't really set good screens. It's it's got to be it has to be easy for NBA coaches to to prep against the Knicks because you just know. But also the NBA, I feel like a lot of teams are probably easy. I I don't know. I it, I I feel like there's definitely an advantage to knowing what the Knicks do each and every time down the court. And there the other question from Villanux is I was just looking at Utah the Knicks. Looking at Utah, the Knicks decent were decent at getting fringes or non-stars cheaply that outplayed their contracts. All the long, longer-term deals killed that advantage. My question is, I don't know, but there's a glut of expensive players now. Um, yeah, I guess they. I mean, the, the Knicks got to get rid of salary. So, yeah, I guess it's the case. All right, our next question comes from Young Pavardi. He asks, who do you think is better at cuddling, James or Dallas? Um, I had a chance to cuddle with Dallas when I was hanging out with him in San Diego, so I would definitely say Dallas. So, sorry, James. Our next question comes from Palm Beach Post Julius Randall. He asks, who's a bigger disappointment right now, RJ Barrett or Zach Wilson? I don't know who Zach Wilson is. I think he's the quarterback for the Jets. So, who's a big? I I get it. Maybe he's just I don't couldn't tell you. So, I'm gonna say R.J. Barrett because I don't really know anything that's going on with Zach Wilson. Joe Nix asks, Would you consider R.J.'s career a Nick? Would you consider R.J.'s career as a Nick until now disappointing? No, I don't think so. I don't think it would be disappointing. I mean, I could. I do see where people are coming from when they say that they're disappointed. There definitely is, especially given the recent history of who the third overall pick has been. It is kind of upsetting that, like, the Knicks got someone potentially closer to Otto Porter and, you know, than, like, Bradley Beal. So I guess there's a level of disappointment, but I I think he's been fine. I think it'll be more disappointing if, like, by, like, year, especially by, not even this, like, if he doesn't get his act maybe together this year in terms of, finishing um basically making his open shots and 
making smarter choices when driving into the lane. Like until we see kind of like that decision making inefficiency increase on a consistent level, but he really only has, I guess, like one year. I think maybe not until now, but if RJ continues to have like this roller coaster ride again in his fourth year where he can't sustain consistent efficiency at like in some points, then yeah, I think then after that I would be disappointed. So I think that's where I would go with it. So ZMP323 Company Man Hater asks, please predict the date that Tibbs gets fired. He's going to get fired on Christmas Day. After Yeah, he's going to get fired on Christmas Day. Villanek asks, are the Knicks better than their record? They haven't been playing um, that way. In theory, maybe with a different coach in different rotations and that sort of thing, the Knicks should be playing better in that sense. They would they should be better than the record, but how they've been playing lately, I'm pleasantly surprised <laughs> where they're at. They, if you told me that they had a losing record right now, without like I just recently I just looked at it, so it was just like okay, if you told me the Knicks were like six and eleven for the vibes, that's what it would feel like. So our next question comes from Franklin Chubb. If a barroom brawl broke out. At a Knicks content creators gathering on draft night, who would win? The KFS, KFTV, Hard Knicks Life, or Strickland Cruz, or the guy who does the posting and toasting podcast? Rank them in fighting ability from first to last. Could you take Macri? So, me specifically, yes. I could definitely take Macri, and I would kick the shit out of him. Very easily. I, I stand by that. Sorry, Macri, but it is what it is. Um, fighting ability, so... Because I know we have a bunch of people. I don't really know everyone else in terms of that. I definitely would say maybe we have it because we have the numbers for the crew, just for the number of people we have. So it would probably be us just for sheer size. Then I would say uh, Knicks fan TV. I don't, unfortunately, know too much about the hard Knicks life folks. So I will, they can be tied with uh, Knicks Fan TV, I guess, for two and three, and the last spot is, uh, yeah, Knicks Film School. Sorry, guys. But also, like, remember, like, we're all just, like, guys on the internet talking about basketball. None of us, none of us are fighters. Like, who are we kidding? Like, I, none of us are. Our uh, next question is from Bomber BCM. Offensive? Definitely. Oh, wait, no. I don't think this is a, uh, question. Oh, wait, no. I see how this works. Okay, so this is a kind of two-part thing going on here. Joe Nix at Joe Nix asks, "What's the bigger issue, RJ's offense efficiency or our starting backcourt defensively?" Bomber BCM responds and it also brings into something offense. Definitely, if we can't rely on him to hit threes and space the floor with a starting lineup with a non-shooting center and Randall also not getting the respect from downtown, it automatically is unsustainable. So the two go together. See how that works. Bomber uh, BCM does bring up a good point. So if RJ isn't spacing the floor, just this team's starting lineup just shrinks completely and you're just heavily, heavily reliant on Quentin Grimes or Cam Brandish or whoever's going to be a starting uh, two guard. RJ has to hit the threes. So, yeah, I, I do think that defensively the backcourt, if Tibbs would stop putting 
RJ at the point of attack all the time. Now that um, Grimes is back, I definitely think that would help, and that's going to slow down. That's going to help the defense significantly. Just having Grimes in there, I do think that helps. I again, like I do think the Knicks' defensive issues. A lot of it is effort for me in terms of like what they're giving. Like Tibbs's defense doesn't help. Like it's always like the issues with Tibbs' defense are always like heightened if you're not like giving like 120 percent so if you're not if you're not caring on the defensive end like tips and stuff doesn't work but no i think i would have to agree with bomber guy it's it's the uh it's the offense i would think because the defense can ramp up with uh the knicks so yeah the, the offense like if he's not hitting his threes like there's no spacing at all because they're not yeah there's just no spacing they do have to rely on obi then because you have to go smaller and take out a center, and he would have to have Randall at the 5 or Obi at the 5. So, alright, our next question comes from X is what's the defensive ceiling for Emmanuel quickly? So, the defensive ceiling for Emmanuel quickly, I, I don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to say all NBA level, because that's really, really high, but he is playing like that right now. And if he can continue to, like, with the deflections and playing the passing lanes, I can see it. I can see where he can get into that All-NBA discussion. He would need the minutes, though, as well. Like, and he would also need to, like, face certain guys. So, but I can see it. I, I think I could talk myself into all, an All-NBA level. Yeah, that's definitely a Homer thing, but I could definitely talk myself into it. Our next question comes from Franklin Chubb. Are people criticizing RJ being too much like Macri right now? So <laughs> this is a specific reference to RJ's... So as I'm recording this, the Knicks beat Oklahoma City. They RJ played much, much better than he has the past like four to five games. I will, like, they said, the MSG broadcast keeps saying he's been sick, he looks sick to me, his legs look dead to me, so, like, I thought, like, clearly he's sick, so it's affecting his game, so everyone was definitely down on RJ, and, and, and understandably slow, it's like, it's a it's a trend down, we're entering year four, you really don't want to see early on in the season that, like, he's still not super efficient around the rim, like, I totally, I like, I get where, like, the frustration with RJ's being, especially, he's, and he's also, like, playing terribly defensively like I totally get it but I do think some people are going overboard with the idea of uh like hypercritical of him just like getting rid of him that type of stuff like I don't think we're there yet I get it could end up that way and that's I even mentioned that I think I hope that doesn't doesn't make me inconsistent what I said for Schwinn's question but we'll find out if uh I ended up contradicting myself in uh in this part. So, you know what? I'm just going to do the ad read right now for DraftKings. So, here's the intro. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So, tip off a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, 
and placed a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With the payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Yeah, the, the ad reads now telling me discuss the matchup I like. I like the whoever the Knicks are playing, uh, Portland and Friday. Um, I like their odds, whatever they are. So call to action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details and 1-800-GAMBLER and all that good stuff. Okay, back to the questions. And this question is from VillainX. How many games has Tibbs gained before he's on the hot seat again? Um... He probably gave himself an extra five games. We'll probably see sometime within like the next week and a half where there could be rumors for uh, for hot seat stuff. And also, by the way, I'm specifically going from the most recent questions to the earliest. So you're basically going to see a time, a weird sort of time capsule here of the questions that I'm answering. Young Pavardi asks, if Ibs more or less plays the same rotations we've seen of late, especially with the willingness to play Obi with Randall, does that change how you feel about the need for change with trading Julius and moving on from Tibbs as a head coach? That's a good question because I really like that and I'm not sucking up to to, to Schwinn because he, I'm misrecording with him, but no, none of that and also sorry for the cold that uh, I have going on here, but um, playing Obi and Randall and that willingness definitely does and could help Tibbs at least prolong his job. I could definitely see where, like, I know we all want him to be fired, but if we take a, a step back, if he's willing to play Randall and Obi more, that does give the Knicks the best opportunity to win in pretty much most of their games. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.